We could all use a little encouragement from day to day as dads. But what does it look like when we become an intentional encourager? Someone who sets out to encourage others and find encouragement in the little things around us. Well, my guest today is Brian Sexton. Brian is host of the Intentional Encourager podcast. And Brian does his best to practice intentional encouragement every day because it was something that was instilled in him from his dad. His dad was not only the greatest salesperson Brian ever knew, he would always encouraged him and believed in him to do anything, to accomplish anything in their lives. Now, I would hope that each of us hopes that our kids grow up to say that my dad believed in me. My dad believed that I could do anything I set my mind to. Well, today, Brian is going to share with you how you can become the intentional encourager that your kids need. Powerful episode with some useful tips on what you can do right now to set your kids up for success so that they can become encouraged and motivated and inspired to be more like you, a dad making a difference. This conversation with Brian Sexton starts right now. You are listening to the Dads Making a Difference podcast, the number one podcast for men driven to live a life of significance. Men who want to make a difference in the lives of their families, in their business, and in the world around them. My name is Cam Hall, founder of Fight the Dabot and leader of the Dads Making a Difference Mastermind. Thank you so much for spending time with me today. Now, let's dive in. Brian, welcome to the Dads Making a Difference podcast. It's great to see you today. Cam, excited to be here. Thank you so much, my friend. Brian, I've been uh, following your stuff on social media for some time. I think we first connected via, I think it was like Messenger or something last year. And since then, I've just been enthralled with your work on intentional encouragement. And I was listening to last year, I was listening to your podcast, The Intentional Encourager. And and it was through that, that uh, I felt inspired to reach out to you. And then I'm glad that we were able to make this work. So thank you. Uh, for those watching on YouTube, you can see that Brian has taken time on the road to join us uh, today on this episode. So thanks for, again, thank you for taking time and being here. Well, Cam, I don't have quite the hair you've got that's, that's pretty... Uh... That's that's pretty significant right there. So, but yeah, um, delighted to be here. Honored and and admire the work you're doing uh, with dads and things like that. I'm a dad of a almost 23 year old and had a had a incredible dad who made a huge impact on my life. So, thank you for what you're doing for dads out there everywhere. You're you're doing some great work yourself. No, thank you. Uh, Brian, I'd like to start there, actually. I'd love yeah. to hear more about your dad. You shared some of your story on your podcast and shared a fascinating story of your dad, who he was, yeah. when he became a father, and how that differs from what we might <laughs> see today. Uh, please dive into your dad in in the lens of like how he shaped you into the man you're to, today. My dad always told me, he said, if you become a father at 19, I'll kill you. Yeah. Yeah. So my, my dad became a father at 19. Um, my mom and dad were married at 18 and 16 and my dad did. He, he did tell me, he said, look, you're not getting married at 18. Like I did, you're not doing it. You're going to college, which I did. 
you're going to wait, which I did. And, you know, it was because my dad was intentional about making sure that his only son was not going to repeat some of the mistakes he made. It wasn't a, mis- it wasn't a mistake him marrying my mom. They were married for 41 years. Wow. When he passed, almost 41 years when he passed away. And, uh, you know, it, it, it wasn't a mistake that they got married, but they were married so young, Cam. And, and he was like, listen, we had to struggle a lot of years and things like that. And I don't want you to make the same mistake. So my dad was intentional in leading me and directing me and saying, listen, don't do some of the things that I did. My dad was intentional, like I said, about making sure I went to college. So I got my degree from Marshall University in Huntington, West Virginia. I got my my bachelor's degree. Then I went back to school when I was in my mid-30s and a dad myself and got my MBA. And so my dad just made sure that I had the right guidance, that I had the right encouragement. You know, I was thinking about something today, Cam. My dad died suddenly December 6, 2012. Okay, my dad died in his sleep. Okay. But the day before my dad passed away, my dad was still encouraging me. And so from the from the day that 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 I was born until, you know, my earliest recollection through being 3 years old singing in church with my dad until I was 40 years old when my dad died, my dad was encouraging me. And so what a what a way to Live it out before your son. Live it out before your kids. I have two sisters. Live it out before your kids. You know, it's one thing to beat our chest and hashtag ourselves to death with all this cool stuff. But if I'm hashtagging it and not living it in front of my son, I'm a hypocrite. My dad did not like hypocrites. My dad was like, I I can't stand hypocrites. If you told my dad something and you didn't follow through, there was accountability. And so, you know, we've got to stop hashtagging and start living it in front of our kids. I love that. I love that. Thanks for sharing a bit about your father and yeah. uh, knowing a little bit about your story. And is he encouraged you yeah. not to get married at 18? <laughs> which I was 24 when I got married. So, yeah, yeah it's yeah. But, but at 18, you wanted to. But No, 18, I did not want to. No. no. No, and, and you know what was funny about that was, um, you know, the the girl the girl that I ended, the the woman I ended up marrying came into my life a little bit later, and by the time she came into my life, you know, it was I was twenty three, she was twenty six, and then I turned twenty four right before we got married, and you know, it's kind of like I just kind of figured I was like, okay, I'm done with all this dating stuff, I'm done yeah. doing this you know, God sent me the right girl and I, I'm just going to marry and, and almost 27 years later, you know, it was the right decision, but no, I, I didn't want to get married when I was 18. I, I listen, I could barely figure out my own self, let alone try to try to lead a, a, a young lady. And here's the thing that I believe cam. And, and I don't know. I don't know how you feel about, it, but this is what I believe. I believe as dads, especially dads of boys, I had a conversation with with a guy that I deeply respect that I used to go to church with. He has a daughter. She just recently got married, and she's pretty close to my son's age. And I told him, I said, Tim, 
the greatest thing that I can do as, as, as the father of a son is to raise him to where he's worthy enough to marry a, a girl like your daughter. Not that our kid, you know, they, they were like more like brother and sister. But the point is, I think dads need to, we need to understand the responsibility of we've got to prepare our sons to be somebody else's son-in-law, if that makes, if that makes sense. Absolutely. So we're not just raising them to be to be men, we're raising them to be somebody else's son-in-law. Some some dad is going to walk his daughter down the aisle to my son. My son's going to be standing there in a church at an altar and and some dad is going to give the most precious gift that he has his daughter to my son to be to be his wife. I got to make sure he's ready for that responsibility. It's quite the task, right? It it's, is. it's quite the task in front of us. I have a, I have a son. I have a son who yeah. just turned nine. And so I also have a daughter who's 11. So on yeah. both sides of it, I'm thinking about who do I want Maya, my daughter, to end up marrying? What yeah. kind of man do I want her to be with? And what kind of man do I want my son to become? And there's oftentimes as a father, I look at that and I'm like, oh, man, I don't. I don't have the skills right now. Like, how can I turn him into that man when I feel that so often as dads, we look at ourselves in areas where we might lack. Well, I don't have this wisdom. I don't have this experience. But in everything that I've heard you share and what I've heard on your podcast and reading through your work is that this idea of intentional encouragement and, and what it means for dads to be intentionally encouraging their sons. Yeah. Would you mind diving into what is intentional encouragement? Well, you just hit the nail on the head right there. The greatest skill I believe you, we can give our kids is, is the skill of encouragement because I'm not the intentional encourager. My dad was the OG intentional encourager. If anybody was that, it was it was Jerry Sexton, not Brian Sexton. Okay, because my, my dad... The time I was, like I mentioned, I was three years old the first time I sang in church. My dad always made me believe that I could do anything that I wanted to do. So I believe the greatest skill that we need to pass along to our kids is a skill of encouragement. But what intentional encouragement means, Cam, is to stimulate belief on purpose. If you take encouragement, part of the, the definition of encouragement is to stimulate belief. Okay, so I'm going to share something with you that that you may or may not have ever heard. Okay, every person on the planet needs encouragement. I don't care if you're the prime minister of Canada, president of the United States, or you're Joe the janitor working down at um, at the at the courthouse, keeping the building clean. You need encouragement. Here's the second thing that I'll share with you, okay? The second thing that I'll share with you is this, is that encouragement is something that everybody can do. You don't have to be skilled to be a great encourager. But the reason that people don't encourage is it takes more giving than receiving. And we're in a society today that is how many likes can I get on social media? 
who shares my page, things like that. We ask more of people than we give to people. And when you become an encourager, you're going to do a lot more giving than you are going to be receiving. That's why you have to encourage yourself. The third thing I believe is this. Even the worst person on the planet can find something good about themselves that they do. You could take a murderer on death row who, is, who has done some of the most vile, disgusting things that you can ever think of, and you can say, give me one good thing about yourself. What's one thing you do well? Maybe they'll say, well, I, was, I, I, I am a good manipulator. Okay. But we might say, ah, oh, that's, man, that's, that's, that feels a little icky. But here's what it does inside of them, it starts to spark a belief. That's a positive behavior. Anytime, even in bad people, if you can spark a positive behavior, it's a good thing. Okay. And so that's what people don't realize about encouragement is we all need it, anybody can do it. And even the worst person on the planet can encourage themselves. So if the worst person on the planet can encourage themselves, it should be very easy for, for those of us who are generally positive people, who can see the big picture. It should be very easy for us to encourage ourselves. But here's what happens. A lot of times, Cam, we try to pour into people from empty buckets. It's because we're not encouraging ourselves. We're not going to those sources that stimulate beliefs inside of us. And so consequently, because we don't do that, a lot of times we're trying to pour into people from empty buckets. It's not, it can't, it cannot be done. And from the lens of a father who's raising a son or multiple sons that you run out pretty quick. You can run out of energy pretty quick. You can run out of this idea that I can pour into, pour into, pour into, because it does take a lot of giving and it takes being intentional and being present and just being in the moment. And sometimes it, it can tax you. It can tax yep. you. So how do we, how do we fill our bucket? So I've, I've been there, you know, Braylon's my son, man. Yeah. I want to, I want to encourage him. I want to be there. And there's days where it's hard, but I know it's important. So what does it look like to be an intentional encourager as a dad? Well, you asked about filling the bucket first. Yeah, so let's, yeah, yeah. let's, let's talk about filling the bucket first. So you find those sources that you know are tried and true sources, okay? Um, for some people, that's music, okay? Some people like to put a pair of headphones on and listen to good music. If that's a source that encourages you, go to that source often. Some people like to read. Some people like to meditate. Some people like to pray. Um, whatever source that you find that you know when you go to that source Time and again, it provides what you need, go to that source. Okay? It's just like turning on the water fountain in your, in your house, turning the spigot on. If you want a drink of water and you're thirsty and you don't have bottled water in the refrigerator, you can go to the spigot and turn it on and have confidence that if I go to turn the spigot on and put a cup underneath it, there's cold water that's going to come out of that spigot. I know when I'm thirsty, at, at worst, this, this thirst can be quenched. Even with lukewarm water, even if lukewarm water comes out of the spigot, 
at least you're refreshing yourself. At least you're getting some water in you. You know, it was funny. I saw a meme the other day, uh, a sports drink back in the day, and it was a picture of a water hose with, with water coming out of it. You know, there were a lot of times when I was growing up in the 80s, you know, you didn't you didn't run in the house and grab a bottle of water out of the refrigerator. If if your buddy had a, a, a water hose, you just kind of held that thing to your mouth and you drank because that was what was available. Sometimes you got to take in what's available. Mm-hmm. Okay. Even if even if the first 20 feet of it is warm. Yeah, even if the yeah, I right? mean cuz cuz those things up? yeah, those things were like the 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 hoses back in the day, Cam. They were like heaters, man. They heated that water up. It's like, oh, this is hot. But again, it it, it satiated you for the yeah. moment. Whatever's available to you that will encourage you, take it. And then when you can get to that source that is more refreshing, then that's where you can really sit down, take it in, things like that. And so um, encourage yourself that way. How do you encourage your kids? Okay, I'm going to share a piece of advice that's worked well for me with my son, Bryce. I talk about things that are important to him. Okay, my son has a little bit different interests and tastes than I do. But I have learned to talk about what's important to him. Okay? And so he gets encouraged because... Dad's talking to him about his interest. I get encouraged because I get to spend five, ten minutes chopping it up with my son where where he where he can go, okay, dad's interested in what's going on. Listen, it doesn't have to be two hours. You know, a lot of people are like, I gotta spend the day with my kids. I don't spend the day with my son. You know the biggest you know the biggest piece of encouragement I can give my son? I told him this. I told him this about four years ago when he turned 19. I said, listen, my days of telling you what to do, or when he turned 18, I'm sorry, he turned 18. I said, my days of telling you what to do are over. You're an adult. But here's what I'm going to do for you. I'm going to be here to help you. I'm going to be here to give you some guidance. Okay? If, if you're going to make those decisions – you know, understand you still live with, with your mom and I, and you're always welcome here. I expect you, I expect to not have to tell you to keep your room clean, turn music down, be respectful. I shouldn't have to tell you those things. Those are givens. But here's what I will tell you. When I see you getting out of line, I'm going to look you in the eye, and I'm probably going to be a little hard. I'm I'm probably going to come at you straight up. And there have been times that it's gotten real between us. But he knows, you know what, dad's trying to make, he's trying to prepare me to be a man. Dad's going to be straight with me. And you'll find out, Cam, with Braylon, your son, those times they get to be 16, 17 years old, they start feeling themselves, right? Mm. I did when I was 16 or 17, 18, 19. I felt my, I was feeling myself a little bit with my dad. Yeah. And, and you know, I, I can remember my dad and I kind of getting into a shoving match. I was about 21 or so. I was feeling myself. I'm like, come on. 
that would have been a horrible mistake because I'm, I'm like my dad in the sense that if my kid would try me, I'd be like, listen, I'll die before you, before yeah. you'll take me. <laughs> yeah. But, similar. but again, those times come, but the biggest thing that we can do is just, you know, if I get 10 minutes with my son, be all in for those 10 minutes and leave him going. I'm satisfied that, that dad was all in on this conversation. And so those are the biggest things that I could, you know, if I could share with dads of, of, of teenagers going into young adults, just be all in with, in conversation. Eye contact with your kids are, is so important. If you don't have enough respect for them to look them in the eye, you're going to teach them not to look other people in the eye. I, I demanded that of my son. You know why? Because when my dad talked to me, he demanded it of me. Mm-hmm. It's respect. It's like, I care enough about this conversation. You and I are not in the same room, yeah. but I'm trying to look you in the eye because it's the ultimate form of respect. Right. And so, again, understand that, you know, if, if you're a dad, expect your kids to look you in the eye. You, you, they'll tell them themselves. You look them in the eye hard enough, man. You know, with, with younger kids. Yeah. They'll tell them themselves, like, hey, dad, I got to come clean with you on something. Yeah, eyes get big. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You be, you become a great interrogator without in, without interrogating them. It's yeah. it's a beautiful thing. It's so true. I can look at Braylon and say, Braylon, look at me. His eyes are kind of off to the side. I said, no. I want you to look at me in my eyes right now. And I want you to tell me what happened. And he'll look at me and he won't even have to say anything. And I'm, I know what happened, but I want to hear you say it, man. Hey guys, I wanted to take a moment and talk about our community of DMD brothers in the DMD mastermind. We are men who help each other to stay focused and intentional in our pursuits of personal, professional, physical, financial, emotional, and spiritual growth. We are a community of men who bring courage, wisdom, and transparency to unfiltered conversations that challenge us to be more impactful men, to be dad's making a difference we do this through our online and in-person events where men come together to speak into each other's lives and then turn around and do the deep work to create change in their families in their businesses and in the community around them if you are wondering if this community might be right for you you can find more information on the dmd mastermind and you can also book a call directly with me at dmdmastermind.com now, let's get back to our show. Cam, are you a sports fan? I, I am a sports fan. I okay, love sports. so I, yep. so I got to tell you a quick story. So in, in 2015, um, my son's Christmas present, my, my son is a huge Duke University basketball fan. Oh, okay. He's a huge Duke fan, okay? So for Christmas one year, we got him before his freshman year of high school. The summer before his freshman year of high school, he went to Duke's basketball camp. Amazing. And I heard something that Coach K said to to those kids, and it was something that just – it was so powerful. He was talking to these kids. He said, listen, I have some expectations. He said, number one, when a coach addresses you, you're going to look them in the eye. He said, but here's what you can expect. Those coaches are going to look you in the eye. Right. He said, when I'm talking to LeBron James and Kobe Bryant, this was before Kobe Bryant's passing, he said, they understand the expectation. We look each other in the eye. He 
He said, the second thing that's going to happen is in the next couple of days, you're going to write a letter to home and you're going to thank whoever made it possible for you to be here. You're going to thank them for the sacrifice they made to get you here. He said, the third thing you're going to do is, he said, you're going to shower every night. You're going to keep your body clean. You can't play well if you're dirty. Hmm. And I thought, simple truths, yeah. simple things, common sense, life lessons. Doesn't get any easier than that. Hmm. Across all ages. You know, yeah. that your son was a teenager, likely when he attended Yeah, almost that 15. Camp, right? Yeah, almost 15, yeah. I, I think about those truths as I watch my son play great. He's, he's nine years old. U9 soccer last weekend. And I watch them <laughs> interact with their coach. And their coach is fantastic with them. Like I, some parents are having a tough time with him, Brian, because they're like, he's really intense. But growing up, having played sports and even at the collegiate level playing sports, I look at him and I say, he's not intense. He has expectations which he yep. wants the boys to fulfill. And our boys yeah. are learning more than soccer right now. Yeah. And so I appreciate it. And it's great to see how um, across all age levels, that intentional encouragement, even without accountability, is important. I pr yeah. appreciate you sharing that. Yeah, thank you. I have a question for you. I want to okay. go back to something that you shared. I want to ask your perspective. As Bryce was growing up and you were encouraging him, mm -hmm. and you said your dad was the natural encourager. So I'm assuming that you had to yeah. work at it a little bit. Mm -hmm. And you were talking about the source of filling your bucket. And I think about readings, mine, walking, hiking, biking, that type of stuff. Uh, what was your source when you were raising Bryce as a dad? Like, what was your source to fill up? Um different sources but here's the thing i didn't learn how to refine those mm. sources until later so i'll share a quick story with you and 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 the concepts i like to put stories behind them because it makes them more relatable after i lost my dad i, I was still traveling some i was traveling quite a bit and i would go i would say something to bryce i would share something with him i'm like listen you know, in case something happens to me, I got to give you this. And when he was 16, I did that one day and he looked at me and he said, dude, you're freaking me out. Mm -hmm. He said, you've just added gas to the fire. I'm like, what do you mean? He goes, man, he said, every time you've told me that, I think you're going to die tomorrow. Here he lost his pap, my dad, suddenly. Yeah. It's, it's already in the back of his mind, Cam. And now here I am adding gas to the fire. So I didn't refine the encouragement with him until later on. I had to refine it in myself first. So those sources for me were conversations that I had with other people or conversations I had with my dad. Those were great sources of encouragement. For me, I pull encouragement from a lot of different places. Music, again, I mentioned music. I'll read something on social media that will be, I'm like, now that's a good piece of intentional encouragement. So I, I've learned to, I've learned to pull, and it's almost like a spreadsheet, if you will. You know, when you're managing a company or something like that, you're pulling data 
from different points on that spreadsheet and not all the data is relevant to you, but you do the filtering on Excel and you filter out what you need, what you got to have. And you go, yeah, that's it. That's what I got to have. So I pull encouragement from a lot of different sources. I read the Bible. I pray. I sing. Um, I have good conversations. I might hear something funny. I like laughter. I might hear something funny that encourages me. And then I'm going, okay, that's encouragement. I can use that. That's a piece of encouragement. I can use that. You know, I might, I might be walking around Walmart, see something like, oh, dude. You know, I, last night I was at a discount store and I found a pair of shoes for like eight bucks. Like, that's cool, man. Yeah. That, 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 you know, that gets me going. Like I, I, you know, I didn't need a pair of shoes, but I saved money. I was like, yeah, that's encouraging. Cause you know, I'm in a, I'm in a position where it's like, okay, um, I can buy these shoes and not worry about it breaking the bank. That encouraged me Yeah, going to church on Sunday encouraged me, you know, it, it's just do these little things. It's not one source, it's many sources. You know, it right. would be like saying you can only breathe clean air in Niagara Falls. Yeah. So everybody's running to the Canada side, not the US side, Canada side. <laughs> and and not realizing that you know what? Clean air's all around you. Mm -hmm. I can breathe clean air in the dirtiest city in 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 America or the dirtiest city in the world, if I put a mask on and I intentionally put some good clean oxygen in it, I don't have to, I don't have to be influenced by the environment around me when I understand what I need myself. That makes sense. Mm -hmm. Wow. You're sharing. And as you're speaking, I can't help but come to this, this thought process of you've worked at this. Like you, you said it took some refinement and, and mm -hmm. you've worked at this because you've just mentioned these little things that you acknowledge in your day or in your travels that encourage you. That's an encouragement. This is an encouragement. This meme, this, this event, this interaction. We're moving so fast in today's world. I think a lot of people are missing those little interactions. They're missing those little cues, those little encouragements. What tips do you have for the dads who feel like they're moving a mile a minute on how to train themselves more or less to refine that process of identifying that encouragement, those little things. Well, I'm going to show you. So right behind your right shoulder, there's a picture. Mm -hmm. I bet if you turned around and looked at it right now, you'd start to smile. I'll smile right now. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. It's the small things. Okay. I can pull up my phone right now. So it makes, I'll show you guys my phone real quick. So I, I've got on my phone, you might not be able to see it. I'll show you the back. So I'm a huge Cincinnati Bengals fan, huge Bengals fan. So my screensaver is, is the AFC championship from two years ago. And when I open my phone, it's a picture of my family. Mm -hmm. So, you know, the sports are, oh man, that's cool. You know, that's my team. You know, you want to, you want to get me, you know, you want to, you know, sports used to put me in a bad mood. 
I would watch the Bengals play. They weren't that good. Yeah. And I was like, you know, and then I had an epiphany one day, Cam. I'm like, I didn't put pads on today. Right. I wasn't in a car wreck, you know, on 65 or 70 plays, you know, because they say playing offensive lines like being in a car wreck. Yeah. And, and so I'm like, well, I didn't have anything to do with that loss. Why am I getting so upset about it? I can look at the back of my phone and it makes me smile because, like, training camp starting this week. That makes me smile. But what thrills my heart and thrills my soul is looking at a picture of my wife, seeing my son. That, that, that's, that's what does it for me. Absolutely. I know here in a couple of hours I'll FaceTime my family, check in. We're all good. Yes. You know, so what I would tell people is – Look around you. Start to observe things that you don't see. And, and, and what I say about observing things, okay? Look around your house at pictures that evoke good memories. In our house, we've got a picture of the three of us. We were on a cruise about four years ago, and we took a family picture. I know every time I see that, it's my son's senior trip from 2019. I look at other pictures and I'm like, okay, I, I, I remember those things. I start to look around my house. I can see lots of things that encourage me. I can go outside and look at my backyard. I'm like, you know what? I'm blessed. I'm very blessed. God's blessed me. You know, if here's the thing I will say is that I've also learned how to turn grief into gratitude. Hmm. Because if I think about my dad, I could get sad and I could go, man, it sucks that my dad wasn't here to see my son graduate high school, to watch him play high school basketball. Man, it would have been really cool when my son scored the first seven points of the game senior night and, and sang the national anthem before the game even started. Man, it would have been so cool to have my dad here. Yeah. He wasn't. Would have been so cool to have my dad at his graduation. He wasn't. But then I think, you know what? My son's got really cool memories up to about age 12 of him and my dad. And I look at pictures. I was looking at pictures the other day, and I saw my dad looking at my son, and I was like, I know. He loved, he loved my son. So that encourages me. It, mm. it doesn't make me sad and yeah. go, you know, life's not fair and it's terrible and things like that. I go, you know what, man? I was blessed. That's a choice. I was blessed to yeah. still have all this. And so, yeah, you have to choose encouragement. That's exactly you, – you're, you're, you're dead on the money with that, Cam. You have to choose every day, no matter what, to encourage yourself. You have to choose it. You have to make it a conscious, intentional choice. This is so timely right now. Can I share a story with you? I wish you quick? would. Yes, I wish um, you would. So for those who are listening and like what's over Cam's right shoulder, I'm going to tell you that over my right shoulder, there's a picture of Kim and I. Where I'm kissing Kim on the forehead, and that's our thing. She always wants a forehead kiss. So is my uh, wife. Yeah. yeah. Next to uh, that picture, there's a picture of Braylon, Maya, Kim, and I walking in the lake at a rock beach. Uh, this is the same rock beach we're walking along in that family photo where I proposed to Kim. 
And so that, that has significance. Now, here's the story I want to share. And you're talking about your dad. On the left side here, there's a picture of three little boys. That's me my bro- and my two brothers. And next to that is a picture of my mom and dad. Well, my mom passed in 2015. Yeah, I saw that. I saw that. Today would have been her birthday. Yeah, Yeah, today would have been her birthday. And it's an important choice that I could say, uh, what would have been, what could have been, you know, today. Uh, But it's a choice to say, I'm so grateful for the times that we had. And there's times I'm sad, but there's times of encouragement. Like, man, like there's a picture I posted today of my mom is staring at Maya when she's like two and they're on the counter. She's on the counter and it's like this funny face. And I see that and it just, I light up. It's encouragement to know that just even for that short amount of time in Maya's life, my mom was there. And so it's cool. I appreciate you sharing about your dad. It just makes it very real for me, uh, especially on today. That So thanks for sharing that. Well, you know what the thing about it is, Cam, love doesn't fade, you know, and, and yeah. here's what I thought as you were sharing that story about your mom. Your mom took to her dying breath. Yeah, she loved you and, and your brothers. Mm-hmm. But man, oh man, my mom and dad, my dad told me something the, day, the night my son was born. He's like, it's not about you anymore. Yeah. <laughs> I thought he was just like, like just bringing the atomic elbow down on me or like the, yeah. like, you know, the people's elbow, like it used to be on WWE or something like that. And I'm like, man, that's not right. But yeah. My dad was trying to tell me, listen, it's not about you anymore in the sense of you got to put yourself aside because you're a dad now. Right. And so, but I know with beyond a shadow of a doubt, and I, and, and again, you're just describing Mia and your mom looking at each other. The minute your mom took her last breath, she was so, she was full of love. Yeah. for your daughter yeah. yeah and that that doesn't change that does that that you know that that carries on she your daughter may not remember her grandma but boy oh boy your 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 mom your mom didn't forget yeah your mom didn't forget and so that's a beautiful thing and so that's encouragement that's what i'm talking about just those little Simple things could be a picture, could be handwriting. I've got a letter that my dad wrote to my wife and I mm. before he died. I'm like, I got to hold on to that letter because my dad's like, here's how I feel. Here's how I feel. Mm. Okay, cool. So no matter how old I get, no matter how long I live, I'll always know, okay, this is how my dad felt. Because that didn't stop the day he died. It continued on. You know, if my dad could parachute back for five minutes. I've always thought about this. I don't know if you've ever thought about this with your mom. I always thought about this with my dad. If my dad came back for five minutes, first thing I would do is I'd hug him and I'd say, thank you. Mm-hmm. And then I'd pull out my phone real quick and go check out your grandson. Yeah. Yeah. I would just say, thank you. Thank you. I love you here's your grandson. And, and because I don't think I told my dad, thank you enough. I know I didn't. And, and that's, you know, the book I wrote in 2020 people buy from people. It's a, it's a, it's a tribute to my dad. It was kind of that. Thanks for telling me all the stuff you told me. And thank you for teaching me things. You didn't think you were teaching me. That's it. 
you know. And so it was that's encouragement to me as well, too. Excellent. Man, thank you for sharing. You, you've shared so much. Um, I'm looking at the notes that I've been taking as you've been talking and, my, my, you know, three of the biggest takeaways. You know, everyone needs encouragement. Everyone can do it. And, and everyone can encourage themselves. With that as a filter right now, you know, closing off this conversation, what encouragement or tips or anything would you have for dads right now who are, you know, in the trenches, raising sons, raising daughters? Uh, where, where can they start with building this practice of intentional encouragement? Look your kids in the eye. Love it. Look your kids in the eye. Powerful. Be present. All well, in. Eye contact. I, I, I want to think about this for a minute. Because I want to be very thoughtful and reflective and really deliver some great value to dads out there. Look your kids in the eye. And here's the, here's, here's, so there's three things I would say. Look your kids in the eye. Number two, love their mom. If you're married to their mom, treat their mom good. You know, I, I always say whoever, whoever Bryce ends up marrying, She's going to be very lucky because she's got Tanya Sexton as a mother-in-law. She's got my wife as a mother-in-law. My my wife's a rock star. She's going to have the, – the girl my son marries is going to have the best mother-in-law on the planet. She's not going to have to worry about, I can't stand my mother-in-law. Yeah. I love my mother-in-law. My wife's going to be even better than the mother-in-law I have. And so, you know, be – look your kids in the eye and just – be honest with them. That's the third thing I would say is be honest. Love their love their mom and be honest. Always be honest with your kids. I'll tell my son, I'll be like, you may not like this, but here's the truth. Here it is. Be honest with them. Because your kids, I don't care how old they are, and trust me, my initials are BS. You put two and two together. Your kids <laughs> can see right through stuff, Cam. And so I just, I, I'm just, a, I, I try to be honest with my kid, with my son. There are times that I come across again, like I use the the wrestling reference, like the, you know, like the, the atomic, you know, the, the atomic hammer, you know, it's like I come off the top rope and I'm just, you know, loaded, like I'm going to body slam him. But sometimes, you, the, you know, the truth is not always sunshine and candy. Sometimes the truth has to be this and this. But the older your kids get, you have to be willing to hear the truth from them. Hmm. A lot of times as dads especially, we get so much bravado that we're like, ah, come on, kid. When you've done this and you've done this and you put food on the table and you put a roof over my head, then you can tell me something and we miss it from our kids. Our kids love us, and they're trying to be truthful with us. We shouldn't be so macho that we can't hear the truth from our kids. Truth goes both ways. Truth is a two-way street. We should be able to hear it as much as we give it. Mm -hmm. So I would just tell look people, look them in the eye, love their mom, tell them the truth, but also be willing to receive the truth from them as well, too. That was one of the hardest things when my son told me, he's like, dad, you're freaking me out. Mm -hmm. It's hard because all I wanted to do was just prepare him and, and just make sure he was ready. But I didn't realize I was adding gas to the fire in a negative way. And I should have, I should have been a little more 
sensitive and I should have been a little more aware of, of what I was doing. Thank you for sharing that. Yeah, of course. Um, absolutely. Wow, those are three. I'm writing those down right now, you know, to be intentional, make a choice to do these three things. Look my kids in the eye, love their mom and be honest with them. And my kids are at not quite at the point where I think they're going to just turn around and want to like, tell me how it is and be honest, but to be prepared for when that happens. Um, I thank you for challenging me to do those three things. And I hope the guys listening to this are challenged to do those three things after they listen to this. Um, Brian, thank you so much for taking time. What an honor. Thank you, man. What what an honor. I love what you're doing and trying to help dads become better men. And, you know, goodness gracious, man, we, we sure need dads like we've never needed them before to, to step up and be those leaders in their kids' lives and in the home and, and in our society. So thank you, man. I I'm grateful to you for the time. Appreciate it. Um, Brian, if someone wants to connect with you, find out more about you and your mission, where can they do that? Yeah. So I'm on Facebook. Um, you can either search the intentional encourager podcast. Um, and it still lives on. I've just taken a little bit of a break. Yeah. Uh, but you can find me on Facebook, uh, LinkedIn at Brian Sexton, MBA on Twitter at Brian Sexton, one, three, um, I don't do Instagram, Snapchat, chat, or TikTok. I'm, yeah, just yeah, yeah, yeah. stay away from that. But you can find me there. You find People Buy From People, the book I wrote about my dad, and find that on Amazon. Just search People Buy From People, Brian Sexton. And uh, the Intentional Encourager podcast still lives on on YouTube. Uh, just search the Intentional Encourager podcast on YouTube. Excellent. Thank you for being here, Brian. I appreciate you, and I can't wait for the guys to hear this one. Thanks, Cam. I appreciate it. Have a good day, man. Thank you for joining me today on this episode of the Dad's Making a Difference podcast. I hope you found value in today's show. And if it made a positive impact on you, please share it with someone you know, leave a five-star review, and subscribe so you don't miss out on upcoming episodes. And if you were a father listening to this right now, who is driven to build a life of significance, to truly make a difference in the life of your family, in your business, and in the community around you, go to dmdmastermind.com to learn more about the Dads Making a Difference Mastermind, a mastermind group for fathers that provides men with the skills, the connections, the accountability, the proven steps, and the brotherhood to truly become a dad making a difference. I'm Cam Hall. Thank you for spending time with me today, and I will see you on the next episode of the DMD Podcast.